So the Islanders made a deal recently that got them Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. Is there extra pressure on the New Jersey Devils to make a splashy deal themselves, especially come the second half of the year? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. So even though the New Jersey Devils haven't played in a game in feels like forever, the Newsday does not slow down. So we're going to talk about my thoughts on Timo Meyer, my reactions to the Bo Horvat deal that sent him packing to the New York Islanders, and talk about where the New Jersey Devils go from here. But before we get into that main talking point, we got to address the elephant in the room because, like I said, the news day does not slow down. And unfortunately, the Devils were in the news for a not-so-good reason. So associate head coach Andrew Burnett, at the time of the recording, was arrested recently for DUI. Uh, he was charged with two counts of disobeying a stop or yield sign and posted a $500 bond. So Here's what happened uh, based on the reports I was able to gather. So he was at a bar, I believe, in the Fort Lauderdale area. So my main guess is that he was in town for the All-Star Game Festivities because obviously he was uh, the interim head coach for the Florida Panthers last year after the, the Joe Quinville firing or resigning, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and you know, he has one of his players uh, down there, Jack Hughes, representing his current team, the New Jersey Devils. So my main guess is that similar to a lot of hockey fans or coaches, wherever the case might be, he was in town for the All-Star Game Festive. So he was at a bar. He was driving a golf cart, and he parked the golf cart illegally. I think the cops uh, called him out on it. He went back into the bar supposedly to get his wife, and then he uh, left the he left the scene in his uh, golf cart. And, and once again, I think he was uh, arrested for uh, uh, basically going past a stop sign and uh, police, I think, spelt alcohol in his breath, and ultimately he was arrested for DUI. So my initial thoughts are simply this. Why is he driving a golf cart in the first place? Because aren't you like a millionaire? Like, don't you have money? Can't you like afford to drive something a little nicer? And also, with that being said, here's the bigger and more uh, uh, important question is, you couldn't afford an, an Uber or a Lyft or, or something? Look, if he's driving a golf cart, my educated guess is that it, wherever he was trying to get to, he wasn't too far away from the bar. So that's my that's my overall guess. But still, you should never drive under the influence. And obviously, that was not a good news day for New Jersey Devils. The Devils did release a statement saying that they were uh, made aware of Andrew Burnett's situation, and they're going to try to work on it. And now, uh, the overall question that a lot of people have is that what's going to happen to Andrew Burnett? And uh, surprisingly, or this shouldn't come as a surprise, I fully anticipate for him, like, if, if I had to, like, bet my house, if I had to bet my dog, if I had to uh, bet whatever I cared about in this entire world, I can safely tell you that Andrew Burnett is going to be behind the bench for the New Jersey Devils come the second half of the season. 
because we've seen situations like this happen before in, in which maybe an athlete or a notable figure is arrested for DUI, whatever case might be. As long as they don't like injure someone or kill someone in, in the process, they usually retain their job and usually they, they might release a statement or maybe their attorney or other representative will release a statement on their behalf, apologizing uh, for their client's uh, behavior. So I think that's what's going to happen to Andrew Burnett because we've already seen a statement released by the New Jersey Devils. And I'm sure Andrew Burnett and his camp will, will release a statement. And I'm sure the New Jersey Devils are going to sit him down in their office, give him, give him a stern talking to, and then just go on from there. So uh, my overall reactions to this is that it's unfortunate and I hope it never happens again. And like I've said, like in, in some of Locked On's uh, Don't Drive Under the Influence uh, campaign, get an Uber, get a Lyft. And because uh, it'll, it'll save your life and it could save someone else's life as well, even if you're just driving a golf cart and even if you're uh, from point A to point B isn't too far away, don't drive under the influence. So let that be a lesson to you. So for Andrew Burnett, uh, thank God nobody was hurt. Thank God he didn't kill anyone. And thank God, um, you know, it, it wasn't a bigger situation that, than it could have been. But at the end of the day, Andrew Burnett, I fully anticipate for him to still be the associate head coach for the Devils. And I think uh, he is still going to be uh, the front runner to land the head coaching position if and when Lindy Ruff decides to retire at the end of the year. So that's my overall opinion on Andrew Burnett's situation. Now, before we talk about Timo Meyer and the overall trade situation for Bo Horvat uh, involving the New York Islanders, I first want you guys to have some energy throughout your entire day. So looking for a delicious treat, but don't want to fall into the fat and calories, then you got to try Bilt Bar. We got through the holidays. And I know your goal is probably to eat a lot healthier, and that's the stereotypical New Year's resolution. So you got to try Built Bar. With Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't even think they're good for you. So perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but somehow, some way. These bars are good for you. Only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And uh, you don't uh, need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. So Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And now, Super Bowl is fast approaching, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. So download FanDuel so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, whatever the case might be. So you know the drill. Visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so recently the New York Islanders decided to send shockwaves throughout the NHL world by obtaining Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. And in exchange, they traded away Anthony Bavillier, Atu Ratu, and a conditional first-round pick in 2023, so this year's NHL draft. And 
they get Bo Horvat. Now, my overall thing is simply this. I'm a little, like, confused as to what direction the New York Islanders are trying to take their team because the, the fact of the matter is simply this. They're not really within striking distance of, like, becoming a top team. And when looking at the Metropolitan Division, uh, we see that, obviously, the top three teams are the Carolina Hurricanes. They have 76 points. The Devils have 68. The New York Rangers have 62. The Washington Capitals have 60. The Pittsburgh Penguins have 57. And the Islanders have 55. So the chances of the Islanders catching up to maybe the Devils or the Hurricanes, pretty unlikely. They're still within striking distance of the Rangers, but I think the Rangers are starting to build up that cushion. So my thing is like, what? Are the Islanders trying to compete for the fourth spot? Are they trying to get a wild card position? It just seems I'm, – I'm just a little – confused because yes they get Bo Horvat and uh like Jersey Joe said when um when we were discussing trade scenarios Lou Lamorello finally gets Horvat uh, a little too late because uh remember something happened in the draft that resulted in the New Jersey Devils selecting Corey Schneider and we all know how that went for New Jersey Devils and in exchange he traded away a couple players a draft pick and uh so Bavillier and Ratu now are with the Vancouver Canucks. So I think for right now, like the Islanders in the short term might have won the deal because they did get the better player. However, I think when looking at this long term, I think this is going to benefit the Vancouver Canucks. But I'm not going to let the Vancouver Canucks off the hook in any which sort of way because they still re-signed Andre Kuzmenko to what, like a two-year extension. And I'm just like, okay, so are you? is your team going to be that much better in two years that you want Kuzmenko to stick around a little longer. Like literally Jersey Joe and I were talking about potentially the devils uh, getting Kuzmenko in a deal, whatever the case might be. So we talked about four potential candidates that the devils could obtain for the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, we talked about Horbat. We talked about uh, Kuzmenko. We talked about Quinn Hughes. And we also talked about Brock Besser. Looks like the realistic option now is going to have to be Brock Besser, but uh, I'm a little confused as to what the Vancouver Canucks are going to do. So in my opinion, I think they won the Horvat deal. I think for if for the long term, Islanders did get the better player, but I just don't know how much better that's going to make the Islanders. And I remember having uh, Alan Krita up here on the show not too long ago, and he called it. He said, like, he doesn't expect for the Devils to make a splashy deal, but he expects for the Islanders or the Rangers to make a splashy deal because they have a history of doing so. And I just showed you the Metropolitan uh, standings in which the – uh, the, the Islanders are third last in the Metro and the Rangers are in the third position and there's still a decent amount of points behind the, the Devils. I'm sure they want to compete for that second seed. And I think uh, for right now, the the uh, Hurricanes are going to, barring anything catastrophic happening, I think they're going to hold on to that first position. But uh, digressing a little bit, because like I said, I don't really care if the Devils uh, are first in the Metro or not. I just care if they get into the playoffs. But it, it, it raised the overall question. This Horvat deal, uh, I just talked about my overall reaction to it. Now, let's talk about how this affects the New Jersey Devils because I literally just said that Horvat was a, a potential option for New Jersey. And, and I even tweeted out a couple of days ago saying the pressure is on Tom Fitzgerald to now to make a, a decent-sized trade. And I pondered for a few days. I was like, is there actually pressure on Tom Fitzgerald to make a splashy deal similar to the Islanders because – I, I just mentioned Alan Krita appearing on the show, and he says, like, usually splashy trades don't work out all that well, and you do have to consider the factors that the New Jersey Devils would have to do in order to get Timo Meyer, because 
Remember when Jersey Joe was on the show not too long ago, we talked about Timo, Timo Meyer as well. And we talked about hypothetical deals. And the fact of the matter is simply this, guys. The New Jersey Devils would have to get a third team involved, and they're going to have to part ways with a lot of players in order to afford Timo Meyer and also Jesper Bratt because people are forgetting that Jesper Bratt is only signed for this year, and we have to worry about his overall restricted free agency once again. So we're putting it off, but keep that in the back burner. So uh, I recently had someone send uh, to me in a private DM about, uh, I think it was from 32 Thoughts, um, uh, a podcast that's hosted by Elliot Friedman. And here's what was said in regard to the New Jersey Devils and Timo Meyer. I wouldn't say New Jersey is the team to beat on Timo Meyer, but it's clear teams know the Devils are very much in it. The biggest balancing act for them might be their salary structure. It sounds like they prefer to have no Fords above Jack Hughes, $8 million annually, or at least not blowing that out of the water. That's not only a consideration for Meyer, but also Jesper Bratt. Also keep in mind, I think Timo Meyer is asking for $9 million annually when it comes to his contract extension. So that's something you have to take into consideration. Would he be willing to take a bit of a pay cut in order to appease the uh, overall wishes of the Devils organization, which is they don't want to overpay any more for it's higher than Jack Hughes. So that's also something that should be factored in when trying to make a deal for Timo Meyer. I, I think it's doable to, to come to a compromise, but that's what Timo Meyer from initial reports is demanding when it comes to the contract extension side of things. When looking at Jesper Bratt, I, I think he knows he's not going to get paid as much as Jack Hughes. I, he's not delusional here. If I had to make an educated guess, I'd say Jesper Bratt annually might get anywhere from like six, maybe at most $7 million. So I think he's looking for, like I've said many, many, many times, he's looking for a similar contract as Brock Besser has or a similar contract that Kevin Fiala has. Because if Jesper Bratt was um, performing as consistently as he was at the beginning of the year, then quite honestly, I think he would have no trouble getting uh, $7 million or close to that. So I think uh, the, the realistic price for Jesper Bratt is $6 million. So like I said before and moments ago, the New Jersey Devils can resign Jesper Bratt long term, but I don't think that's going to happen come offseason. And they can get someone like Timo Meyer. Now, is there extra pressure on the New Jersey Devils to get Timo Meyer? Here's the problem I'm having with the New Jersey Devils, which is I am still very confused as to what direction they're trying to take their team in. Because at the beginning of the year, I was saying fringe playoff team. And obviously, they've surpassed that. They're second in the Metro. And it seems like they're one of the best of the best teams in the entire NHL. And we're seeing the surges of Jack Hughes. Now, my question is, like, what's the overall goal for the Devils? Is it Stanley Cup? Is it make a deep playoff run? Is it get to the playoffs and see what happens? Or are we just coasting by? Obviously, the last option is, is just me putting some suggestions out there. But you get the point, which is I don't know which direction the New Jersey Devils are trying to go in. So I don't know if there's extra pressure on Tom Fitzgerald to make a big move. Because like I've said many times in my Silly Season episodes, the New Jersey Devils would have to give up a decent package in order to get Timo Meyer, So that first round draft pick is definitely on the table. Now I know it would be late since the devils are once again, a good team, but still uh, any team that, uh, that wants Timo Meyer, they're going to have to part ways with their first round draft pick. And the devils are going to have to throw on a few other draft picks since that first round draft pick is going to be so low. And then you got to think of like, 
they're going to have to give up a solid player. So it could be Tomas Tatar. It could be Yegor Sharon Govich. Maybe Dawson Mercer could be thrown into the uh, circumstance because I've, I've been seeing reports saying that maybe Dawson Mercer could be uh, added into that uh, hypothetical package. And then you got to look at like young up and coming prospects. So like, I think Alexander Holtz, that's a pretty much a given. Or, or do the Sharks want both Alexander Holtz and Fabian Zetterlin? Are they going to demand for some of our high-end prospects like Shimon the Mets or Luke Hughes? So that's something you also have to consider, which is what are you willing to part ways with? What are you willing to give up? And what's the ultimate goal here? Because I still, I'm still conflicted, and maybe it's just me. But I just need to know which direction are the New Jersey Devils trying to go in? Because if they're a contender – that usually contenders, uh, I would say in, in all sports, you make a solid move here and there to help contribute to your roster, but you don't try to shake up too much of it because you already have something working for you really well. And in the case when, when Alan Creta appeared on the show, the reason why he projected for the Rangers or the Islanders to make this sort of, you know, quote unquote, splashy move is just because they don't want to be out of the running. They don't want to be behind so they're going to try to do whatever it takes to get a good player onto the roster so i've been hearing rumors saying that the new york rangers could possibly try to get patrick kane at the deadline from the chicago blackhawks or i, I think i've seen a couple reports saying that maybe the rangers want to go after timo meyer and try to swipe him away from the new jersey devils so that way they could compete with the devils a little bit more so my thing is is like if the devils consider themselves contenders for a stanley cup which quite honestly Given their bad month of December, I don't know how comfortable I am with saying that the Devils are contenders. I'd say, I'd say they're up there, but they're not favorites. So, and I think that's what a contender is—usually a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. So, it's just like, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little can. I, I don't think they're contenders. I think they can definitely make a deep playoff run because they've shown signs throughout the entire year that they know how to rebound from adversity. So, I'd say deep playoff run is plausible. And in that case. I still don't think you want to like blow up your entire roster for one good player because I would love to have Timo Meyer on this roster and I'll talk about it in the final segment, but what are we going to give up? Like who are we going to part ways with? And then, um, or, or are the devils just satisfied with making the playoffs and then they try to see what they could build during the course of the off season. Quite honestly, I think that's best case scenario because you, you can resign just for Brat and then you could go from there. And I think the devils will make a move. But it doesn't have to be a big move, if that makes sense. You can go and try to find solid contributions uh, throughout the entirety of the league because the Devils are no strangers to finding diamonds in the rough. So during the course of the offseason, they get John Marino added to this roster. John Marino, I know he's been out for a while, but he was a solid addition. Eric Halla, I regardless of what you say about Eric Halla, I know it doesn't show up in the points, but at the same time, think of puck possession. Think of face-off. Think of his defensive efforts. And I still don't think he should be on the top six, but he's been solid for the devils throughout the entirety of the year. Yes. He's very unlucky, but still Eric Halla was a pretty solid addition. I know Andre Pilat, you know, he wasn't a diamond. I guess you could consider him a diamond rough. We are overpaying him a bit, but Andre Pilat can definitely be a solid X factor for the devils going forward. So that's my thing. Like the devils can find a diamond in the rough and just, Go from there, like just get a, a few more solid contributions, maybe for your defense a little bit more and maybe for your bottom six since the BMW line seems to 
be struggling with their overall reunion. We still are, are looking for more production from Diego Sharangovich and Dawson Mercer. We don't get offense from Boquist. We get solid defense, but not really good offense. So maybe you can help your third line in that case and just go from there because I think our top six is actually pretty good for right now because you you got uh, Andre Pilat, you got Jesper Brad, you got Tomas Tatar. You, obviously, you got your franchise player in Jack Hughes. Then we already talked about Eric Kala and Yegor Sharangovich and Dawson Mercer. I still think they have a lot of potential if they're paired alongside with Jack Hughes. And that's my uh, two-cent opinion when it comes to the Devils and their overall uh, lineup and how they can go from there. So, yeah, the thing is, is, like, is there extra pressure on Tom Fitzgerald? I would say the extra pressure is more on, like, just trying to figure out which direction you want to take this team and, and go from there versus trying to compete for a big-name player that could definitely make an impact, but at the same time, there could be some possible repercussions when it comes to, like, getting his services. So the overall question is, what am I personally willing to give up? So when I had Jersey Joe on this show, uh, we, we talked about his hypothetical trade scenarios. And, usually, and you know, he's big on cap friendly. He's big on um, just looking at certain scenarios. And they were fun to discuss. And obviously, I just want to put them out there. They're hypothetical deals. And uh, that's why they're called silly season. So just putting that out there. But I want to talk about, like, who am I willing to give up? Because... The thing, the thing is, like, you're going to have to – if you want Timo Meyer, you're going to have to give up a solid uh, player. So that could either be Yegor Sharangovich, that could be Dawson Mercer, that could be Tomas Tatar. Who are you willing to part ways with? I would say in this order, Yegor Sharangovich would be my first one that I'm okay to part with. And the thing is, is like, Dawson Mercer and Tomas Tatar are just – it's just a little difficult just because uh, Tomas Tatar is tops on our team in plus minus and then – Dawson Mercer, he has a lot of untapped potential, but sometimes he can be inconsistent. So it's a toss-up, but I'm going to have to go in this or in, in for the rest of this order. Tomas Tatar, then Dawson Mercer, if if you want to make a deal done. And when and then when we're talking about a third team involvement, the Devils are going to have to part ways with one of their three longest tenured players. So. It's going to have to either be Damon Severson. I'm not saying because, look, I I want Damon Severson gone. It's been – I've made no secret about it, but you're going to have to. Like, it's not based on whether I want to or not. You're kind of have to because he's going to become an unrestricted free agent. He's going to demand a decent amount of money. So it's like, do you want to where, – where do you want to put that money to good use? And then maybe Miles Wood. Miles Wood has gone dead silent the last month or so. I'm willing to give him another chance, and he was able to rack up a goal in the previous game against the Dallas Stars, but when you look at his overall game log, it's been a while since uh, since he was able to score. So my thing is, like, where can you uh, find that consistency from him? Because the last time he scored a goal was prior to, um, uh, prior to the Dallas Stars games was actually against the Dallas Stars on December 13th. So it's been a while. It was a while, like over a month, since he since he uh, scored a goal, so it's just like you can't have that overall inconsistency if you're Miles Wood, and then for Mackenzie Blackwood, it's a similar situation as Damon Severson, which is this time Mackenzie Blackwood is set to be a restricted free agent. And do you feel comfortable resigning him to a three year extension or whatever case might be? I certainly don't. So when looking at at this overall uh, added pressure thing for Devils, it's half true because like. Tom Fitzgerald is going to make a move, whether it's a splashy move or a small move. 
We'll see what happens. But in regards to Timo Meyer, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I am cautiously optimistic. It could happen, theoretically. The Devils definitely have the assets. They have the draft pick. They have the prospects. But I just don't, I just don't really know like um if it's going to like pan out or whatever the case might be, because the first priority should be to re-sign Jesper Bratt. Because we know that works. We know uh Jesper Bratt, Nico Keisher, and Jack Hughes function really well for this team. And they bring their strengths uh in, in more ways than one. So we know that will work, but it's just like um do you want to run the risk of like giving up a few solid additions that have made this team um, really good and, and then run the risk of just um, a, a, of the team? Like what? Getting a high end player who will sell jerseys and get butts in the seats. But at the same time, it's just like, could it actually work? That's my thing. Like, I, I just need to see like what the devils are willing to give up. So it is very possible and I am down for it, but at the same time, I'm not getting my hopes up. That's, that's why I want people to know. Like, I'm not going to uh, sit here and say it's going to happen. I've been let down before, especially during the course of this offseason. So uh, I am I am cautiously optimistic, which is it could happen, but I'm not going to bank on it. So we'll see what happens. And let me know what you guys think. Do you want Timo Meyer on this team? Is there extra pressure on Thomas Gerald to go out and uh, get someone big? So we're definitely uh, going to talk more about like um, – about trade discussions for New Jersey Devils because there's a lot of other options on the table. I've been seeing my colleagues over at Pucks and Pitchforks release some hypothetical trade scenarios that could work for a Devils. So we'll see what happens. And obviously during the All-Star break, uh, it, it gives me a lot of time to uh, conduct these types of episodes. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. And if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for this episode, that's the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.